Howdy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Planet and God. Um, we are still continuing our journey. Matthew chapter 4, day 4. Um, the planet finished this book by the new year for 2022. Hopefully you read it, chapter 4. But we're going to do our summary of the chapter and give us some of our thoughts and what we've studied and uh, go from there. Yep. All right, let's jump into it. Okay, so this is going over when Satan tempts Jesus. Yeah, verses 1 through 11. I think it's important to note that Satan knows the scriptures, Mm -hmm. and he uses it to manipulate us and things like that in the same way he's trying to use it to his advantage with Jesus. Yeah, Satan uh, knows the word. He manipulates the word. Very much so like what, what's done today, especially like if you go into <clears throat> postmodern church or you listen to a postmodern teacher, they do the same thing. They take the word, the Bible, what it says. They twist, twist it, it. They take it out of context. Out of context something right. to make it fit, whatever they're trying to, yeah. They you know, They teach. take what it says and put their context Or whatever they're trying to right. gain from yeah. it. I like a... We've got a, a mutual friend at our church, Bill. He takes the, the thing that um, if you want to make the Bible say yellow dump truck, you can make it say yellow dump truck. And that's what, what a lot of people do. That's essentially what Satan does to Jesus. He takes the word. He tries to make it say yellow dump truck. I mean, you can even see that within the very beginning of the Bible yeah. where, where he's tempting he's Eve. Um, Eve. Right. Right. And what's very interesting, when you look at this, what he does to Jesus, he does a similar thing to Eve. And and the book of, I think it's... Uh, yes, he uses yeah. the same tactics. The That's same what you're tactics. getting at? Yes. Yeah. Um, First John, you know, calls him <laughs> out as the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We see that in the garden. We see that here with Jesus. And John puts names to them in First John. Yep. And it's very... When I learned that, that was, like, so fascinating. I think that was one of my very first sermons, actually, was going over how that linked together. Well, I know you taught it in Awana. I taught it in Awana, and then I taught it uh, as a sermon on one of our Wednesday nights. Yeah. Yeah, so that was um, was, very eye-opening. Yeah, it was really... I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Um, But, yeah, Satan uses the same tactics uh, as... He's always done. He still uses these same tactics today. The problem is, is we are still sinful and we fall for them. The thing to point out about this section, again, you have God's purpose and Satan's purpose. Um, God's purpose, uh, we see that at the beginning, then Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Um, so that's God showing his purpose, and that is to show that Jesus is the sinless Son of God. That he is in us. And then Satan's purpose <clears throat> is to disqualify Jesus from fulfilling God's plan. Uh, however, he doesn't. He is found to be tempted. And each, each attempt that Satan tries to throw at him, Jesus responds with Scripture uh, and the, the correct understanding of Scripture and how to respond to the devil and his, his tactics. So uh, one of the things I, when we, like reading verse 8 says, 
um, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And I just thought this was kind of neat that there is a glory to yeah. the kingdoms that we have in the world. Oh, yeah, that totally know? is. Not a, a godly glory, but no, like it's man's glory. Yes. So yeah. I just, it's, it's a good thing to know and I think that we lose sight of that sometimes, or maybe we misplace it. Yeah, yeah, you get that a lot. Uh, you see people that you know they love living in the city because it's it looks pretty, and you got the cityscapes. And then we're like the complete opposite. We bought a place out in the country because we want to step outside and see God's glory, God's creation, not what man has created. But there is a certain beauty of man's creation. Of course. I mean, God made, we are creative beings. He made yeah. us that way. And so um, I think it is beautiful to a certain extent. I, right. I prefer the land yeah. <laughs> and mountains and trees and things like that. But, but um, it's, it's, it is still beautiful. Architecture is so, yeah. you know, it's nice. It's. Um, but it is important to note, don't like, that's again, placing the glory where it should be. Right. And that's what Jesus does. He responds, you shall worship the Lord your God alone, and him alone you shall serve, right? Showing a proper um, a proper view of what man's glory is, no matter what it is. Be it the cityscapes, be it art, be it music, um, be it medical even, right? Mm-hmm. You look at modern medicine, and modern medicine is very much the glory of man. Look what I did. I created XYZ medication that can heal you. Right, that's giving glory to the the scientists that created it, not the God who gave the materials that allowed you to do that. So it's it's making sure you have, as what Jesus did, have the right context of where the glory should be. That's really the whole the whole gist of that section there. Yeah. Yeah. Not only do you have God proving that He is Jesus is the sinless Son of God, but knowing Scripture. And practicing it. Right, using that scripture to... Fight your battles. Fight, yeah. yeah. So, what what is it? The word of God is the only, like, defensive... Yes, the sword of the, the yeah. sword. So it's like our only... Everything else is offensive. Yeah. And this is defensive? Is Other that, way around. Oh. Yeah, see, I don't do football, and that's offense. my brain thinks football when I think offensive, defensive. You, you attack with. Okay, well, whatever it is, this is the only thing that we have that is in that category. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I did like to, verse 11, so, um, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And so, this is something, right, this is a job that the angels have. They minister to the Lord. Yes. And so, not only do they minister to the Lord, I think that they also minister to us. Yes. Because we can see that that they work with the Lord in that way. And if that's one of their jobs, I think they also, you know, do that with us right. too. And, and this isn't the only time that they minister to him. Right. Well, you see that at the end of Jesus's life, when he's in the garden of Gethsemane, yep. they're ministering to him again. Yeah. So I think not that like we never, we shouldn't place the angels at a higher right. level, but that God they gave them a purpose, purpose right? right? And their purpose is, this is one of their purposes. And so right. I just thought that was that was cool to look at. Mm-hmm. Next section is what? 
Um, 13 through 16, or 12 through 16, I should say, um, when you have Jesus starting his ministry, um, again, verses 14 through 16, you have the prophet being mentioned, and then prophecies that are specifically mentioned. There's two of them. Verse 15 calls out to Isaiah 9, 1 and 2, and verse 16 calls out to Isaiah 42, 7. So prophet, prophecy is being fulfilled. Um, Jesus sets up his home base in Capernaum, um, and that is a very busy trade route city. Um, And then like John, he calls out the same message that John has in chapter 3. You see that in verse 17, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. So we have the start of his public ministry, he starts in Capernaum, and he uses the same message as John. Yeah, I also think, um, so like, this is, that's when his uh, ministry began, and the first thing that he decided to preach on was the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Well, that's, yeah, he is, so right now, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he is offering the messianic kingdom to the Jews. Yeah. We'll see this is very common, especially when he sends out the 12 disciples. He's offering the kingdom to the Jews. He is saying, I am the Messiah, accept me, and then the king, the messianic kingdom can start. All you have to do is accept, right? The leaders of Israel have to accept, because what the leaders do, the people follow. They follow their leaders like sheep. And so that is what's happening here. He is now um, bringing that message to the people. And the, to the Jews, and it's for the Jews, right? Salvation is of the Jew first, the Gentile second. It's not a that's not a bad thing. It's no, it's just operated. it's the order of things, right. right? He came to the Jews first. Right. They and were so he has to offer. It's the not that they're the above. It's right. just the order of things. Right. <laughs> so. Um, so the next section, eighteen through twenty-two, here we have the calling of the disciples being being brought into place. Um, I love how Jesus and and how they respond. He calls them out, follow me. Um, it's not a usual way for a rabbi to call people. Usually the the people follow the rabbi around and then they beg and they plead and they ask the rabbi, let me follow you. Yeah, so this is something I thought was interesting too, that Jesus chose yeah. his disciples were right. The culture of that time, it was, they didn't choose. It yeah. was, they followed, followed, followed. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, they would give their pedigree and whatnot. And then how they respond, Jesus tells them to follow me. And they respond immediately with obedience. Right. So that was the other thing I was going to note too, is that I see it as like a picture of when we be, we become saved mm-hmm. because you're, um, Jesus chooses them, but we have they have they also chose Jesus back. Right. The, the disciples chose Jesus back and decided, oh yeah, I'm going to follow you. You are the king. Yep. Um, and so, same thing with our relationship with the Lord is He chooses us. He already did that by dying on the cross. He chooses everyone, and then we have to then follow through and choose Him back. And then, if you read the other gospel accounts, we know that this is not the first their first encounter with Jesus. The other gospel accounts, I think they talk about uh, Matthew, Simon, or not Matthew, Simon, Peter, and Andrew being at the pool when Jesus is baptized. So they kind of have a little bit more background than some of the others. 
But it just goes to show that they were, like the rest of the Jews, they were looking for the Messiah. And um, here is the one. He's calling them to follow him. The other interesting thing, too, is that the um, rabbis, in, like in that culture, rabbis were held at a higher place than their fathers. Yeah. So, like, they, if you had to pick between the two, you would naturally choose your rabbi. Your rabbi. And so, like, how it's, it's a good example for us right now, too, because we should choose Jesus over right. everything, you know? Because these are, that's like some things I didn't know until recently. So right. I just think that that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, and different that I didn't realize. What else? Right. Anything else? Um, not for that section. Um, the next part that I break up is 23 through the end, 23 through 25. And that is the beginning of Jesus's preaching ministry, his first preaching tour, if you will. Um, he goes throughout all Gallic, throughout all Galilee. Um, he goes to different places. That is the synagogues. Okay, so I had like a weird question about that yeah. because, and you might not be able to answer it either. But um, it says he. He taught in their synagogues. So is the synagogues the pagan churches, or was this the temple where they sacrificed all the sacrifices? Um, so the synagogues, yes. I think, I'm not sure if they would do t- sacrifices at the synagogues. Because this is different than the temple. It's different than the temple. Yeah, the synagogues are more like churches, like what we would say ter- churches today, where the Jews would meet. Like satellite churches. Be, like satellite they have like their main temple, and then synagogues are satellite churches that bit that are like right because you got to imagine not everyone there's only certain feasts that the jews were required to travel to jerusalem yeah i think there was two um passover is one i don't remember what the others are but there are certain feasts where the jews are required to go to jerusalem and then two or three yeah and then from there they could go to the synagogue which was like a satellite church so, but they wouldn't do sacrifices there? I don't know on that one. I'd have to look into that. Okay. You caught me off guard. But I said you might not be able to answer it. Yeah, because, like, well, because it's so confusing because there's a couple different terms yeah. in here. And it's, you don't know. Obviously, it's not the temple because the temple is in a specific spot. The temple is in Jerusalem. And when Jesus is in the temple, it very clearly says that he is in the temple. Right, right. And that is, like you said, when they all come together. Yeah. So... Well, anyway, so that was my weird question. Yeah, so he's teaching in the synagogues. That's the place. Um, The content of his message, we see that here um, in verse 23, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Okay, so I have a question on that, too. Yeah. Well, because it says proclaiming the gospel of his kingdom. Right. So in my brain, right, the gospel... Oh, I guess so gospel means the good news. Right. And I automatically, because this is after Jesus, I automatically go to the good news of Jesus. Yeah. But this is actually the well, good news of the kingdom, and the kingdom would be, yeah. like... There's the... So what's interesting is that there's essentially almost like there's two gospel messages in the, the scriptures. You have the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? The only qualification for that gospel message is to believe in Jesus Christ while he's there, first century Jerusalem. But that was clearly not fulfilled, right? right? That's rejected, so then that switches. When that that rejection happens, that gospel gets put on hold, 
we'll see this in chapters 12 and 13, uh, forewarning there, that gospel message gets put on hold, and then this new gospel message, if you will, comes in, and that's the gospel of our salvation. Right, so this gospel is the gospel of the the kingdom coming in as long as the Jews accept accept him. But they don't, obviously, we'll see that later on, Um, but... So that makes sense, yeah. Okay. So, um, the place, the synagogues, the message is the gospel of the kingdom. And then Jesus authenticates his message by, still in verse 23, by healing every disease and every affliction from among the people. So he's healing, he's doing things that have never been done before. And that authenticates his message. Should authenticate his message. Should you know, ring in their heads, hey, there's something different about this guy because he's able to do this. He's able right. to heal. Well, and then it goes into verses 24, the types of diseases that he was healing. So where it says uh, demon-possessed, so like back then, that was like a real thing, and yeah. they believed that, and people saw that yep. and understood what that was. And I think we live in a world right now where it gets... Um, hidden yeah. away with different sicknesses or people don't believe in demon, demon possession. Or if they do, it's very much the Hollywood version. But this kind of refutes the Hollywood version of demon possession because you you read it, you have those oppressed by demons and then you get in, back into the medical, right? Having seizures, paralytics, right? Seizures and, and being paralyzed Hollywood turns that into demonic, right? When you you watch like the Poltergeist, yeah, right. It's like weird. It's weird, or The Exorcist, not Poltergeist, but whatever. Any of those horror movies, the person is having seizures. They're foaming at the mouth. You know, it's all over the place. But no, this is very clear that it's different. They know the difference between a demonic oppression. And a medical condition. Yeah, and I just find that fascinating because, like I said, in our world now, it's so different. And, like, nobody would really understand that. And yeah. I I don't know. I just think it's interesting. It's that, something that we've, we've kind of lost over the years. Yes. Watered down. And I know but that they totally, in this time, right. understood what it was. Because even throughout the rest of the book, we're going to see. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know. That's um, the primary reason that Jesus is rejected is because of. Stuff like this. Yep. Yep. Um, so. And then we get the result of it. And the result being a great crowd follows him from Galilee and Decapolis. Um, the Decapolis being an area of Judea, ten cities. Decapolis, ten. And Dica is ten. Decapolis, capitals, cities. Something like that. I'm not very... I didn't look up the word before. And... <laughs> But well, I just know Decapolis is a group of ten cities. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, anything else? Uh, that is it. So, we have the Messiah. His ministry has begun. His first preaching tour is over, if you will. Um, and he's starting to get famous, um, gather crowds. And, uh, and we'll see in Chapter 5 what his message is. Because he starts publicly teaching in chapter 5. Yep, to uh, the multitudes that were following. To the, multi- to the Jews. That's very, very clear key when you're reading chapter 5 that he is talking to the Jews. 
Right, I know. I was just repeating verse yeah. 25, the great multitude. The great multitude, <laughs> yes. But I just, what I'm trying to say is the great multitude art is a Jewish multitude. Yeah. So, which plays very much in, of the importance of chapter 5, uh, 5, 6, and 7. Yeah. All right, guys. Cool. We'll That's see it. you tomorrow for Chapter 5. Chapter 5. Bye. Bye.